Hi, welcome to this week's broadcast of Water Wind Wine Ministries. This week we're going to be talking about how to fight our battles. Now I know that there's a famous song out there and I love that song, but I'm going to teach you how to fight your battles using what our Lord Jesus Christ did. In Luke chapter 4, we have the scenario of the temptation of Christ. We also have the same scenario retold in Matthew chapter 4 and Mark chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, it's only one verse. It's only verse 12. So we're not going to be dealing with Mark chapter 1 verse 12, which is also the temptation of Christ. We're going to be dealing dominantly with Luke chapter 4 and a little bit with Matthew chapter 4 as well. Let's go ahead and dig into the scriptures. Luke chapter 4 verse 2. Being tempted for forty days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stone become bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you, and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dashed your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So here we have Luke's account of the temptation of Christ. In Matthew 4, I'm going to point this out in a second, all of the temptations are there. They're in different order though, okay? So that's not really important, but there is one word discrepancy that is important that I'm gonna point out in just a moment. Let's dig in to each one of these temptations and then I'm gonna teach you how to fight your battles. Now, the very first thing I have to set as groundwork is that these temptations were not physical temptations. They were in Jesus's mind. Every one of these temptations came in Jesus' mind. Now, as that has been pointed out, and that is the truth, you need to understand something. The devil cannot read your thoughts. He only knows what you're thinking by what you say and what you do. In other words, he'll plan a thought and then he'll wait to see if you take the bait, okay? So we're gonna see how this plays out in Jesus' life. Now, Jesus, is in the wilderness and he has not eaten for 40 days or drank anything for 40 days. He's on a full on fast and he's hungry. Of course, his physical body gets hungry. And so the devil comes to him and he says, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And Jesus rebuts him and he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Okay, notice it is written. Okay, then the next temptation, the devil, shows Jesus all of the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. Now, first of all, they didn't have Google Earth. It's not like he was showing him some snapshot on the TV. He was showing him 
all of the kingdoms of the earth in his mind, okay? And he said, all this authority I will give to you if, and their glory if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus again says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the next temptation of Christ, Jesus is up on the pinnacle of the temple at Jerusalem. The devil tempts him with suicide. And he says, if you will throw yourself down, he will give his angels charge over you to keep you lest you dash your feet against a stone. And Jesus says something very interesting here, and I'm gonna get into why it's interesting in just a second. Instead of it is written in this particular rebuttal, he says, it has been said. That's very significant. He says, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, we're gonna get into why it's important about what Jesus answered and how he answered, okay? In just a second, and those things are instrumental for understanding how to fight your battles very important actually the most important thing in this message but I want to just deal with a couple of other things number one everything that Jesus was tempted with was in his mind and was true okay everything was true and that is the issue with the devil the devil usually doesn't come to us without and out lies in other words I mean he does but he doesn't he comes to us with as much truth as we can receive so that we will receive it. Because every one of the temptations that Jesus Christ was tempted with, likewise every one of the temptations that we are tempted with, are a measure of truth. There's always a measure of truth, or it wouldn't be a temptation. If it's an out and out lie, and we recognize it immediately as a lie, we're going to completely discard it. So the devil, whether what he's saying is true or not, in real life, he gives us as much truth as he thinks we won't see through, if that makes sense, okay? He gives us just as much as we need so that he can put his weapon in it, like a Trojan horse kind of a thing. If you have any questions about that, I know it's a little complicated, please hit me up on our website. It's waterwindwineministries.org or any questions about anything concerning the Lord, I'll be happy to answer those for you. Okay, so, Let's get to these temptations some more. The temptation of the stones being made bread. Now, could Jesus, as the Son of God, command the stones be made bread? Of course he could. But Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, he is setting us up. He's setting us up. In both Matthew 4 and Luke 4, the very first temptation is the stone and the bread temptation. Why? I submit to you, it lies in Jesus' answer. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's huge. It's huge that it's the first temptation. It's huge, right? Because Jesus could have just said, man shall not live by bread alone, right? He could have, couldn't he have just said that? Of course he could have, but he quoted the entire saying. And there's a reason, okay? We're gonna to get to that reason in a second. Now, first of all, or second of all, or third of all, wherever I am, <laughs> um, the temptation to turn the stones into bread, and Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. In this way, he's saying, Satan, I don't even need bread right now. Because even though my physical body is telling me that I'm hungry, God keeps me alive. That's what he's saying. 
Okay, so that's really important. So he's saying, I don't even need what you're offering. Okay, that's very, very important in how we combat the devil. The second temptation, and again, I'm going in the order that is presented to us in Luke 4. The second temptation is for Jesus to bow down and worship the devil. The reason that the devil tempted Jesus with this is because the devil had the authority to tempt Jesus with this. In other words, the devil at that time did have authority over all the kingdoms of the earth and their glory. Why? Because it had been delivered to him by Adam. That is why Jesus Christ was sent. He was sent to get back the authority that Adam gave to the devil for mankind. And so the devil says, aha, I have a way, Jesus, for you to get to your mission a different way, a way that God has not told you about. In other words, he's saying, you know, you could do what God wants you to do, which involves dying and scourging and all these awful things, or you could simply bend the knee to me. The Bible says, to whom you bend the knee, to that one you are a slave. And so Jesus knew that. If he bent the knee to Satan, he would be a slave of Satan. So he didn't. But he said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Okay? So... Jesus says, I'm not going to go about the plan of my life or for my life your way. This is what the devil tempts us to do. He tempts us with the plan of God coming about another way, another, an easier, faster way maybe. And that's what he tempts us with there. I'm going to get into all three of those temptations and how the devil comes against you and me and what it kind of looks like, not in great detail, but just so that you kind of recognize it. Okay. And I admonish you to spend some time with the Lord after you've watched this video and talk to God about how the devil tempts you in particular. Now, let's deal with the third temptation of Jesus Christ. The third temptation is when Jesus is brought onto the pinnacle at the temple at Jerusalem. And the devil says, if you are the son of God, cast yourself down for it is written. See, now the devil is playing Jesus's game. And the devil says, it is written. He has given his angels charge over you to keep you in their hands. They shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now that is written. It's in Psalm 91, except the devil left out a little part. If you read that in Psalm 91, it says that he has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Okay. So he left that in all your ways part out. And I have heard it said, by a particular pastor that I am very fond of. He says that because the devil left out in all your ways, right there, that's why Jesus gained the upper hand in the situation. I disagree with that entirely, but I'm not gonna name that person. I just disagree with, I don't think that's why Jesus gained the upper hand because then that would be relying on the devil to mess things up so that we can get an upper hand. But that's not true because the word of God conquers everything. The word of God is love and love never fails and love conquers all. So because love conquers all, we can use the word of God against the devil. Now, of course that's the answer. Of course that's how we fight our battles. But I wanna talk to you about the semantics, about the mechanics of this, okay? Now, what's really, really, really important here is the second point I wanna make. Remember the first was that the temptations of Jesus Christ came in Jesus's mind. The second point that's really important, if you're taking notes, 
please take these down. If you're not, go stop the video and go get a pen and paper and take these notes. The very first point in how to fight your battles is that your battles come in your mind first. They may manifest physically later. I'm not getting into that right now, but they always come in your mind first. And there's a reason for that. The reason is because you have got to give yourself permission to yield to the will of the devil. Let me say that again. The reason that the temptation comes to your mind first is because you have to give yourself permission to yield to the will of the devil. I know I've blown some of your minds, so let me just explain that to you. When Jesus is tempted, he's tempted in his mind. We've already established that. He says it is written, and then he, in two different occasions, in Luke 4, and all three in Matthew 4, he says it is written, it is written, it is written. Now, who is he talking to? Of course, he is speaking out, and the devil can hear him, but I propose to you that Jesus is not fighting the devil. Jesus is commanding his own flesh. Because you see, Jesus had authority over his own flesh, so he had the opportunity to yield his flesh to the devil's will or to yield his flesh to God's will. And so he is commanding his flesh what to do and what not to do. He's saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, right? Well, the devil's not a man. He doesn't live by bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God, okay? So there, Jesus is saying, it is written, man, man, Jesus as man will not live by bread alone, but he will live by every word that proceeds from God, okay? The second temptation, he says, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you all this authority and the glory of all the kingdoms of the earth. And Jesus says, you shall worship the Lord your God only, right? He says, you shall. The devil does not worship God. If he did, we wouldn't be in this situation. The devil worships the devil, okay? And so Jesus is talking to himself because the devil wasn't tempted to worship himself. He already worships himself. He already had the authority. So he wasn't fighting the devil saying, devil, you shall worship the Lord your God. No, he's saying, now, will the devil kneel? Yeah, I think he will, way on the end. But I think right here in this moment, Jesus was commanding his flesh, uh-uh, nope, you will not worship the devil. You will worship God. You will worship God. You, Jesus, will worship God. And so, if we look at this from a perspective of we have control of our own flesh, it changes how we do a battle. Because if we look at it as we are going and we're fighting the devil, we're like, you will worship the Lord your God and, and men will live not by bread alone and you're doing all this stuff, you're kind of shooting darts in the air and you don't know if it hit the devil or what, what's going on, right? But if you're controlling yourself, if you're walking in the fruit of self-control by talking to yourself, you're winning the battle. So you notice that the devil didn't keep hitting Jesus with the same temptations. He had three different temptations. Why? Because each temptation, Jesus won the battle. He was able to subdue his flesh. Okay? That's the key. You have to be able to subdue your flesh. And what will your flesh respond to? The Word of God. Now, let's get to the third and final temptation, and I'll get to the next really important point. 
The third and final temptation of Jesus Christ in this scenario is that he is tempted to kill himself, suicide. Jesus says, it has been said. Now, in Matthew 4, right here, when he is tempted with suicide, Jesus says, or it's recorded that Jesus said, it is written. Now, is it written? What Jesus is about to say when he says in Luke chapter 4, verse 12, when he says, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Has it been written? Yes, it has. So why didn't Jesus say it is written? We're going to get to that. That's my third point. So again, my first point is that temptations and attacks come in your mind before they come in the physical realm around you. Okay. The second point is that when you fight your battle, you command your flesh. Okay. This means, and this is so important, please get this. This means that you have got to pay attention to your thought life. The Bible says in Proverbs that it's a fool who doesn't open his mouth in the gate. That means that when you first get a thought of something, you have to open your mouth. You have to control your flesh because if you don't, the devil will assume that you've taken the thought that he's planted in your mind and he will bring about circumstances to match the thought. So you have got to take control of your thought life, period. Every thought you have to take into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ, okay? So the second point is that you fight by controlling your own thoughts. That's where you begin to fight. Now, I'm not gonna talk about fighting your battles that manifest in the natural, like that if say you didn't get the thought or you, or you didn't control the thought and then now you've got this huge problem, fighting those kinds of battles is a different thing. You do fight them with the word of God also and you do speak it out and you do command situations to behave. But I'm talking about when you're in the thought process as Jesus was right here in the temptation in the wilderness, he was controlling his thoughts. He was controlling his body by controlling his thoughts and he controlled his thoughts by using his words, by using the word of God on his thoughts, okay? So this third temptation is very important. This is the third point, and it's extremely, extremely important. Remember I told you that it was significant that both in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4, the temptation that begins this, this whole situation is this temptation of turning the stones into bread. Remember I told you that. And remember I said that it's really poignant that Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Remember that? Okay, let me add to that. Jesus said also that he didn't say anything that he didn't hear his father say. He also said he doesn't do anything unless he sees his father do it. So he doesn't say anything except that he hears his father say it first. Okay? So in Luke chapter 4 verse 12 Jesus says it has been said I don't believe that's a mistake I believe that that was recorded on purpose by Luke from inspiration of the Holy Spirit for this purpose right here okay this is this is crazy cool so good in this moment God pulled back the veil and he said hey Luke I want you to know what's going on in Jesus's prayer life, in his thought life, in this moment. So what is going on is the devil comes to him and he tempts him, remember with a thought, he tempts him 
to commit suicide. And Jesus says, it has been said. So the devil used Psalm 91 against Jesus. He missed part of it, but he, but basically he used Psalm 91 against Jesus, what had been written. And Jesus knew that what he had said actually was written, except for the missing part. I'm going to give you that. But Jesus, what he did was he prayed to God and said, Lord, what do I say now? And I submit to you that in that moment, God gave him what to say. Because then Jesus says, it has been said. It has been said. And in Matthew, it says, it is written. Now that is huge. The point that you need to remember if you get nothing else out of this is that when you are tempted to act on a thought that you don't know for sure because it seems so true and because maybe it is true in the Bible, remember I told you the devil, he hides veins of lies in the truth. Every time you are tempted in your thought life, every time you are tempted, period, you have to go to God and you have to say, Lord, what do I say? What is the answer for this situation that I can speak over it that will make it go away? And then God gives you, he gives you what has been written. And the reason he gives you what has been written is because this is established. This is established forever in heaven. The word is settled forever in heaven, right? And so third and most important point that I want to make here is that when you are tempted, you go straight to God and say, Lord, what do I say? Because death and life are in the power of your tongue and you are commanding your own flesh. Your flesh is created by God. You are a new creation and your flesh will respond to the word of God. So you have got to get the word of God. You don't just arbitrarily just scan through the Bible and point at a verse and say it over it. No, because we know that just by this example alone, the devil knows scripture too. We have got to say, Lord, what do I say? And God will give us this word. He'll give us the word in that season. Now, that is huge. I hope that you've got that. The last point that I want to make is something very, very interesting. Is this business of you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, I've heard so many people talk about this and I really don't think that many of them have the revelation of what it means. This is a side from our study, but it's also very meaty and very important to know. When Jesus said, it has been said in Luke 4, 12, or in Matthew when he says it is written, it actually is written. It's written in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. And it's saying, you, and Moses says in Deuteronomy, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as in the wilderness, okay? What Moses is talking about actually happened in Exodus. Chapter 17, verse seven of Exodus says this. <clears throat> it says, so he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? Just a little bit of a backstory really quick. This is when they were thirsty, the children of Israel, and they cried out against God and they're like, we're thirsty, this and that. And then Moses strikes the rock and the water comes out. But how they tempted the Lord was by saying, is the Lord with us or not? So we take this and we transfer it because the Bible defines the Bible. We transfer it to Luke chapter four, verse 12. When Jesus says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, 
what he's saying is, you shall not say in your heart, is the Lord with me or not? Did you catch that? It's tempting to the Lord to say, are you with me or aren't you? That's gonna make God prove that he's with him. He's gonna do everything that God shows him to do, and he's gonna say everything that he hears God say. That's why I said it's so important that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It has been said. Wait for that. Wait for God to answer you. When you're in the temptation, whether it's out already in the natural and you missed it in the thought life, or whether you're still in your thoughts and you're tempted to do something that you cannot do unless you yield yourself to do it, wait for God and wait to hear what he says. Ask him what he has to say about it. And he'll give you something from the word of God that you can speak over it that will hold up and that will run the devil off until a more opportune time. I hope this message was as impactful for you as it was for me when I learned it. Remember that I love you and that Jesus loves you. We'll see you next week.